November 11, 2020. It's the Watt for Pedro show. <laughs>
show happy wednesday uh what is it is it the first wednesday no it's the second wednesday of the month fuck <laughs> all the time is all tripping on uh brother matt because we're in quentin quarantino mode he's still a couple miles south at the love grotto on the pleasure point but <laughs> i am not totally man alone people because those estonian software engineers with their incredible sky of invention i got the flat five with me well, kind of. Casey and Scott. Of well, yeah. two, two of them. You got the flat two. I got the yeah. flat two. And <laughs> <laughs> who wants to go first? Because, well, I guess you tell people. We started the show off with a theme, take one from John Coltrane and Miles Davis, and then the flat five from their new stuff uh, called The World Missed Out. Man, we're in good company. Okay. Yeah. Now, who wants to go first? Casey, Scott? Go ahead, Casey. Okay. All right. Casey, your earliest music, musical recollection, please. My very first musical recollection. Remember, it's, a Watt, be... it's, it's the Watt for Pedro show. There's no hard questions and there's no wrong answers. <laughs> All right. I, I think this might actually even be my first memory in, of anything was that I was at a party with my family and my, my older brothers and a friend of ours took a walk 
and when we went back into the party, Come Together was playing, and the Beatles. scared the scared the crap out of me. What whatever that was, that, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a it's John saying shoot me, but whatever that was, just scared the hell out of me. It's still scary. It's a great it, it it's a scary. great drum lick that Ringo came up with. Yeah, and and also that uh. I don't know what it is, a Rhodes or an electric piano or something. Yeah. I like that Beatles. I like that Beatles. So the pad you grew up in, was it Chicago, like where you're at now? Uh, Yeah, I grew up kind of in and around the city, a couple of different different suburbs and in the city. Okay, now in uh, in the pad you grew up, like as a boy, was there any Mm -hmm. instruments, musical instruments? Yes, there were there were several musical instruments. There's a, a piano, a player piano, and um, that my mom played played the actual piano part of it. We all we all used the player piano, and uh, my you're brother. Ta- you're talking like scrolls, right? And it reads a little yeah. holes. Yeah, yeah scro- scrolls with foot pedals. The dead piano scrolls. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the middle C. The middle C scroll. <laughs> you're gonna get your turn, Scott. <laughs> All right, I'll shut up. <laughs> so, so look, I have had a lot of guests on the show that went through this trauma of piano lessons. Did you have something like this? I took lessons, but it wasn't traumatic. Okay, okay. Was... <laughs> That's great to hear because usually it's the fault of the fucking teacher. The teacher's a fascist or some shit. Right. Yeah. No, I, I was way into it. I, I had a, a neighbor friend whose dad was a... a pretty good piano player and he heard he heard the little bit of what i could you know play chopsticks or whatever and said hey you're pretty good do you ever think about taking lessons i thought no kidding yeah i'll take lessons i'll learn how to do this so i did and i had a good time with it now there was other instruments too yeah my brother uh, my oldest brother played guitar okay yeah and uh actually everyone in the house could kind of strum a few chords wow so there was a piano and a guitar I'm uh, sorry. What was the first record you bought for yourself with your own money? With my own money was a, a TV mail order thing, Elvis in Hollywood. <laughs> oh, okay. Because, you know, when you're a kid, you don't have much money. So the shit you buy with your own money it right. must mean something, right? Right. Now, what about at school? Were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? Yeah, I was in choirs. And um, like in fifth and sixth grade, I was in the... The school band playing percussion. Percussion. So, because, you know, people don't realize this, but piano used to be in the rhythm section. Right. Right. Well, I had a, there were drums around, too, because I got a drum set for Christmas. Oh, wow. Where'd you practice? One year. I just knocked on it in the basement, you know. Yeah, because that's very uh, kind parents. (laughs) They were very tolerant. (laughs) Yeah, let that go on. (laughs) Now, uh, what was the first gig you went and saw? Uh, I saw Steve Goodman at the Earl of Old Town. We, my family lived in Old Town in the early 70s, so I would have been five or six. Okay. And my ma, my ma took my brothers and me Great. to go see Steve Goodman. And then I saw Spike Jones Jr. about a year later. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the son of the guy who like made music with all those sound effects and shit. Yeah, and yeah. tuned pistols and yeah, right. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I didn't know that it was like a family thing. 
Yeah. Okay, okay. That, that's great to know. That's great to well, know. Well, how would you know? Because he was, yeah. well, if I would have fucking went to that gig, <laughs> instead of just, you know, hiding out here in Pedro. You know, I was actually, I was, I was, I was born in Virginia, but I was conceived in Chicago. There's a Navy boot camp, Lakeshore. Yeah. And my pop met my ma at a YMCA. They were having a benefit for uh, the Soviets had uh, rolled into Hungary. And so there was a bunch of refugees, and they met at a benefit. And, you know, when you get a certain age, my mom sure. gave me the address. She said, go visit there, Michael Watts. So I, I borrowed uh, Steve Albini's bicycle, and I pedaled there, and I, I, I yanked on the leash, her leash. <laughs> hey, Ma, I'm here. She goes, Michael Watt, you were conceived there. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, 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 what about the... Uh, uh, Casey, what about the shit where you uh, after school, you, the, you had a basement, all right, a garage yeah. band or a bedroom? But did you do that with your, some school buddies? I, eventually, yeah, probably starting around sixth grade or junior high. Eventually, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, <laughs> Joe Bison was twenty-seven when he started guitar. Okay, he grew into it. Okay, now, now, now what, 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 yeah. what, uh, what instrument did you work? I kind of uh, alternated between drums, like I, I played drums in a band with, with my brother Kevin for a while, and you know, gigs had to be over at nine, because I had a curfew, and um, and then I was also playing guitar, and so it just kind of seemed like, like at that age, everybody could kind of could kind of do something or was willing to try doing something you know hey you play drums for a while let me play that guitar did you ever <laughs> use piano in rock and roll what's that did you ever use the piano in rock and roll uh not really because it was in a it was upstairs in a different room yeah that's right <laughs> but, you know and people gotta remember in the older days electric keyboards cost a lot of fucking money like me and d boone didn't know anybody i mean i've Ones that just copied like a piano and a clavichord, a Univox made one, I think, and they were like four or five hundred fucking dollars. Yeah. Right. And, you know, the Casio people, when they came out that Econo shit, really changed things on, on that mm -hmm. on that level, that front. So, uh, so uh, the guitar, now, did, uh, how did you learn from your brother? Yeah, he got me started, and then I was uh, kind of off and running. He, uh, um, he he was leaving home for a while, and right before he left, he made me like kind of his own version of the Roy Clark big note guitar book. Oh I yeah, yeah, remember. yeah, I remember. So and he, also, he there was Alfred's card. and Mel Bay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, learn so all I'm the songs you don't want to learn. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm, I want to. I, I met play Mel Bay actually. I, you met him? That's true. I did. I met the guy. I bought well, two guitars like? from Mel Bay, the fucking guy. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you say that? You can't say that. Yeah, you can. What was oh, it like? Good. good. You can say Mel Bay. Because yeah. <laughs> so I Mel thought Bay, the dude was know, fake. If you, ever, if you remember any of those, those, you know, those books, there we said, you know, Kirkwood, Missouri. Yeah. At the bottom. Well, I, you know, I lived near Kirkwood when I was in high school, and okay. um, Mel Bay, Mel Bay Music Store in Kirkwood, Missouri. He still worked there as, as you know, as late as the mid '80s. And uh, yeah, I bought two guitars from Mel Bay, the actual guy himself. Damn. Well, I got yeah. a Les Paul signature bass that Les Paul actually signed. Wow. Well, but well, I, I'll just shut but up. But you know what? Yeah, <laughs> but well, you know what he wrote on it. 
keep on picking, and I use my fucking fingers. <laughs> look, look, I want to play uh, This Will Be The Day, not the Buddy Holly song.
feels like I'm taking flames from a fire. I can see those flames. I can hear those flames crackling and smacking, wheeling and turning. And so I wait. Of needed dread that brings to your head 
the sweet, sweet murmurations of peace, the change that occurs without a police, the feet that meet a momentous beat, a rhythm becomes you, is you. Climbing for space, pace after pace, the human race raised from this categorical malaise to rest gently on towers of grace. And in your face I see the message is clear, so clear that it only shows up as light pushes through. As light pushes through. As light pushes through. Especially towards yourself. It's the only way you can beat up anybody else, you know, it's by, by, by reaching your full potential. You feel me? Like, every human is on the list. But yeah, I'm done preaching. Why's it get back to rapping this evening? You know, I don't outshine all of my demons. I glow. Hey, yo, 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 ho, ho. No barcode, you can't buy me. I don't even write a cursor so you can't sound me. Hey, they trying to rub the wave like the name Stanley, but I ain't no horse, I ain't no dog. I'm still on the porch. I ain't jump off till I see a Porsche. Hey, from the flop to a Bentley. They crazy, they be silly out here. Stealing on them, ripping on them, killing on them. I'm through with it. Shit on them, pissing on them, they crazy. Shit, I'm through with it. Respect your mother, respect your brother, respect your lover, respect everyone like they one of them. Shit, I'm through with it. Shit, shit, I'm through with it. All the bullshit, I had no matter to work. Fuck with his hands, see, I'm bad boy. I ain't did I keep it more than 50. A whole fuck with me. Keep it celibate, don't fuck with me I ain't nobody but the person that's around me I ain't nobody, nobody is to hire me Nobody, nobody, nobody needs to hire me Don't need no boss We all the gods Raw dog, coming straight off the top like Cap off, graduation, I graduate y'all I ain't go to college, but I'ma reach my goals Maybe I'll go beyond it, nobody even knows
I'm just showing my soul. Hey, hey, I just show my soul. I just show my soul to the whole world and get blood naked.
ticket punched for permanent vacation. Listen, boys and girls. First heard uh, it was you got to lose in blank seven inch right, and I, I, I thought it was like a cartoon. 
<laughs> wow! You know the way I love the way you say, uh, people. That was uh, this will be the day from the flat five. Uh, Miss Nora on, on the singing. Yeah, Nora, Nora O'Connor sings sing, sing okay. that song. Okay, the go team after that with we till we do it together. White noise. That's this has got. I don't know if you're into old electronic before synthesizer, but uh, Delia Derbyshire under a pseudonym. Uh, in, uh, they're part of this thing called the BBC Sound Workshop. Mm -hmm. This is like doing shit with uh, loops of tape. Yeah. Shit. yeah. Yeah. Going down the hallway around doorknobs and shit. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. One, one point of reference is if you remember the old Doctor Who, she performed that theme, uh, the first version. Wow. Oh, cool. Golden Ghost after that went from Darby. Now, both her name in this town, we would think it was Derby, but they don't pronounce it that way. Okay. Because they got to be there. So from Darby is Golden Ghost, and my hand is burning. Model home from D.C. with no barcode. Guided by voices, Dayton. Bob Pollard, he's getting ready for a new album. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he played here on New Year's, Guided by Voices, and uh, it was a hundred song gig. It was five hours. <laughs> Jesus. I didn't go. Okay, bye. <laughs> Bomas Prendon, they were on the show yesterday from uh, D.C. Spatcho, these people, I, I don't know, uh, seven, 800 song, uh, the, 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 uh, what's his name, Corvus, he says he still has to go through. These guys only done five or six gigs, but thousands of songs they've recorded in the last 40 years. And then finally, um, yeah. over and out, maybe I should have played this last, but fuck it, I liked it uh, early. <laughs> The flat five. Uh, so, Scott, your, your your earliest musical recollection, please. Well, you know, I, I don't know if it's so much a recollection as it is, uh, uh, you know. There's okay, a recording. Uh, there's a recording uh, of me at the age of two uh, singing "Hey Jude." Um, another Beatle connect. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, you know, I mean, that's not necessarily a, a memory as much as, as it is a fact. <laughs> yeah, like the encounter with Mel Bay in Missouri. Exactly. Now, was, yeah. there, was, was there instruments in the pad you grew, grew up? What was the name of the town? I grew up in Morton, Illinois, Morton. Okay. which is uh, just outside of Peoria, Illinois. Sure. And, and, um, I, I, I kind of know because my ma went to high school a couple of years. Because she, she grew up in Wyoming, but it was a coal town. And when they ran out of coal, they closed <laughs> the town, right? So she moved yeah. to Peoria, where uh, Caterpillar is. Caterpillar, exactly. Right. Yeah. Now, was there instruments? Did you, was there players? Oh, yeah, listeners? definitely, okay. for sure. Uh, my, my father uh, played piano and uh, was a great piano player, jazz piano player, and was... Uh, you know, was playing jazz in Quincy, Illinois in the 50s, late 50s and early 60s, and uh, started having kids and uh, realized that uh, he didn't have much of a future raising kids playing jazz at the Elks Club in Quincy. And uh, so he ended up getting a job with Sears and Roebuck and, and moved on and wound up in Peoria. And I was the youngest of four kids. He played, he played the piano beautifully. And uh, his mother played organ, and his father play, played guitar, and his grandfather played the fiddle. And uh, my oldest brother, Chris, who wrote all the songs on both of the Flat Five records, 
uh, who's obviously a composer and a piano player. And um, he started writing these really bizarre songs around the age of 16. The first one I remember was a song called Your Cheeks Are Redder as Hell. Whoa. And, uh, and I was actually invited to be in on that session. And, uh, and the next tune that I remember was a thing called I Guess They Call Me Butterfingers. <laughs> and, so kind of uh, topical yes and, uh, topical. And, that, and that was a chris you know chris was playing and, and and playing piano and singing and i stood in the background uh throwing random objects into a metal pail percussion to get this to, to you know that sound of a uh, uh, of a clumsy person Right, yeah. <laughs> a percussion or spittoon kind of effect. Yeah, and uh, what, what, so what? yeah, you know, this was going on from from you know really early age. Everybody was playing. My mother was a fabulous singer who I didn't even realize what a great singer was until I was forty, and I finally heard this recording of her from 1960. You know, my my dad and my mom. My dad must have rented a reel to reel from some local place, uh, and. Uh, and they did these little recordings, and my mom would sing a cappella. And, you know, I heard these recordings when I was a kid, but it wasn't until I was about 40 that I heard them again, and I realized, oh, my goodness, my, my mother had such a fantastic voice. I had no idea. Yeah. You know, you don't really realize that when you're a kid. She's just your mom. But, you know, I had been a musician for... I don't know, 20 years already before, you know, I, I heard it and I, you know, realized what a fantastic singer she actually was. But then she smoked cigarettes for about 30 years and uh, that took care of that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, so, you know, it was, I've always said that it's actually very unremarkable that I ended up being a musician because everybody was a musician in my family. Now, what was the first instrument you jumped on? Uh, I started playing piano and guitar uh, uh, simultaneously, apparently, because um, I don't remember. It was one of these, one of these. I don't know. It's sort of a strange thing. It was like one day you could just kind of do this. All of a sudden, I could kind of just play the piano a little bit and also play the guitar a little bit. Uh, I, I had a, an odd method of learning the guitar, though, because my brother had actually sort of uh, stolen my guitar from me. My parents bought me a guitar when I was probably, I don't know, in third grade or fourth grade. And my brother Chris stole it. And uh, he started writing these songs on the guitar and he was using a, a pen cap as a pick. And he would break strings and he wouldn't replace them. And uh, so my guitar had four strings on it. And eventually it sort of just found its way into an open tuning, which I didn't know what that was at the time, but it just means that you don't even have to put your hand on the, your left hand on the fretboard. You just strum with your right hand and it's an open G chord. It's a G chord. And I just recognized that chord as music. And, uh, and I realized all I had to do is just put one finger all the way across the fretboard and I could just go all the way up and down the neck and play chords. And I started learning how to play Beatles songs that way. Richie at Haven, the same time, go ahead. Richie Haven with uh, Here Comes the Sun. That's exactly what it was like. I mean, I didn't know anything about that, but that's what I was well, doing. Well, he was the, the band that was supposed to go on first at Woodstock. The manager thought he was being strategic and said, don't do it. So Richie yeah. Haven said, I'll do it. And that turned into a single that fucking blew up. And he played open 
tune in with the one finger. Right. What, That's what, right. What, what, what and, was, and to uh, play a minor chord, you wrap your thumb around the top, and then right. you drop that high string a half step, and you've got a minor chord. That's right. And actually, that's how I, uh, that's, you know, uh, my first band, I kind of, I kind of, you know, passed that method on to uh, the other guitarists in, in our band because they didn't know how to play yet. So we just put tape all the way up the neck of the, of the guitar, uh, representing, you know, the notes. And, uh, you know, if you could put, if you could get one finger across the fret, you were a rhythm guitar player. <laughs> now, what, 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 uh, what about school? Did, were you in the choir, the marching band, or shit like that? Uh, I, you know, I was in. I was in choir. Um, I was kind of. I was not really allowed to be in band because I didn't know how to read music. Wow. And, well, what um, was the first record you bought for yourself with your own money? Uh, I bought the Beatles live at the Hollywood the Bowl, at at JR's Records in Pekin Mall in about 1978. A lot, of, a lot uh, about the Beatles with you guys. What was the first gig you saw? The first gig I saw, well, um, there's... I'll tell, this, I'll, I'll tell this with a caveat. Uh, the first concert that I ever went to, I was taken by my, my mother and my sister to see Barry Manilow in 1976. I would have been six years old. And I didn't really have any say in the matter. <laughs> that happens when you're six years old. You know, he lived on Catalina Island. And me and D. Boone worked at the parking lot where the people used to take the boat over. But he took a helicopter. He lived over there. And I, I always remember his, his pink sweaters. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, November 11, 2020, edition of Pedro Show. Casey Scott from Flat 5. Hold tight yeah. for hour two. Yeah, man. November 11, 2020, it's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro Show. Look at the birdie, look at the birdie, give me a smile. Your mom is gone for a while. Now say cheese, pretty please. Look at the birdie, look at the birdie. Welcome to Sears You really got you some ears Now say cheese Pretty please Look at the candy Look at the candy Could you just crack a smile Do you suppose Look at the money Look at the money How's about a honk your little nose Here comes your mommy Here comes your mommy Now look at your smile You are a beautiful child Now say cheese
None of us, none of us know Takes a name in vain None of us, none of us know Lays claims or complains None of us, none of us know Cheats or steals or lies None of us, none of us know Calls the name in
Let's go.
second hour off with look at the birdie from the flat five yeah and then sam bennett from tokyo he's been there 25 years he's from birmingham guy who ended up in chicago for a number of years from birmingham sun Ra. i read john that's Sweet. right read john swede's book it's really good space is the place i recommend it but that's right i lived in birmingham for one year did you I did, and I happened to see, I happened to go see NRBQ the first time that Marshall Allen and the guys from the orchestra sat in with NRBQ. Wow. In ni- 1990. Marshall Allen, a great, great tenor that. player. Great tenor yep. player. He could have played yeah. with anybody, too, but he loved Sud. Sonny yeah. Blount. Yep. Anyway, um, yeah, who was he into... Uh, when he went, got to Chicago, an R&B guy, uh, Fletcher Henderson, and he had to play strip joints and stuff. You know, trip. Read that book. Space is a place. Incredible journey. Uh, uh, Altered Destiny from Goose and DJ Scotchig. That's when uh, Brother Shige went to Shanghai, did some collab. Omega is the Alpha from uh, no with Surogat, Troopa Troopa. None of us from Gdansk. They were on the show last week. Paper, no, I should say Papier Teague. Paper Tiger from France. They later reply. And finally, the flat five with the great state of Texas. Okay, I got to ask you, how did Casey meet Scott? How did Scott meet Casey? Well, well 
no no short version of that <laughs> uh, yeah well apparently we met as youngsters uh <laughs> years and years ago um but you know i moved to chicago in 2003 and there's something started... ringing just a sec there's something ringing yeah that's better We'll, okay. live, we'll live with it. It's like somebody talking with the snare drum wire on. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? So go ahead. Why don't drummers turn that fucking thing off? I know. That's, well, that's drums. why the back of their head is waiting for the back of my fucking hand. <laughs> now, now, let's go back to the, you guys as kids. What, you, you had a Beatles gig? Well, yeah. As a matter of fact, yep. it's exactly what it was. But, uh, you know, uh, like I said, you know, in Casey and I actually officially met in 2003, uh, yeah. I believe, at the hideout in, in Chicago. I had moved to Chicago and was playing at the hideout with Kelly Hogan. And uh, oh, she's been on the show. Yeah. Well, she's in the flat five. And, uh, yeah. uh, you know, and uh, so that's kind of what brought me to Chicago was uh, this working relationship with Kelly. And uh, I was working the door at the hideout on uh, Wednesday nights, I believe. Anyway, Casey uh, was there playing with a band um, uh, called the Stet Five, I believe. Right. And uh, we met upstairs briefly. And then maybe a few weeks later, you just ended up jumping on stage with me uh, with a group of guys. And I think the first song that we played together was California Girls. Isn't that right? Yeah. We had never met, and we just started. Somehow, we just started playing California Girls on stage one night. I don't know how that happens, but an, it did. an instrumental version. Yeah. <laughs> so shortly after that, um, I got a gig in Chicago. Uh, I, I was asked to play uh, with a couple of guys, and and I did this show. And after having done uh, done this show, someone uh, someone thought uh, Casey would be a good guy for this group. And uh, he ended up being asked to come play in this band. And all of a sudden, we're in a band together. And we started playing some shows together. And at some point, I mentioned he mentioned uh, Beetle Fest to me. Uh, you know, they have these Beetle Fests. They've been doing those for years and years. I mean, they started in the 70s. And uh, Casey mentioned Beetle Fest to me. And I said, hey, you know, my band, my band won the Battle of the Bands there several years back. And, and he said... You're that guy. <laughs> I know you. I remember you. We met when we were teenagers. Yeah. So, Fuck, so, it was about the Beatles. <laughs> I can't believe it. I know. <laughs> I know. So, you know, we we had met when we hey, were... What, what do you mean, like, ba battle of bands? Like, Rain or uh, Heart? Uh... You know, that's just, yeah. you know they, they do they a local battle. Uh, the... Go ahead, Casey. Yeah, they have, like, a... Uh... You would do Beatles songs, right? And pretend yeah, you're the Beatles. Yeah. Beatlemania. And, uh, I think there was a movie called that or something. Musical. Yeah. Musical. It's all, all kinds of uh, bands. And, and, you know, 30, 40 years ago, there weren't, there wasn't really an industry of, of professional suit-wearing bands that do this for a living. So it was sort of a something of a novelty. And especially if there was a bunch of teenagers that could that could play well and somehow sound like the Beatles. That was always really cool. And I'm sure that's probably what I said to Scott and his bandmates after they won it that year. Hey, you guys were good. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, man. Yeah, I know the tribute industry. I mean, there's a Pink Floyd band, right, from Australia. That I think the band like licenses their music to them so they can do the tour. 
Yeah. <laughs> I want to play Oh What a Day. Do it. Okay. Yeah. There was a place, there was a club in Manhattan, New York City, and that they had, that's all they had was like a Rush band, a Bruce Springsteen band, AC right. band. <laughs> well, there's an awful lot of that nowadays. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, a piano player in uh, Roma, in Italy, told me that the whole fucking scene is at. Nirvana right. band, Oasis band. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or not, yeah. Mike. <laughs> oh, what a day to stay home and play. Let's call in sick and we'll swim in the creek like the old days. Oh, what a smile. Let's kiss a while.
For Pedro show, it's gonna be deja vu all over again for my guests, but they gotta hear this. Flat five with Oh What a Day, War, Johnny Mark and the Ricks, late great Frankie Alwyn. Goddamn bomb, invisible boat, wild youth, from Bombo, Pluto, over. I see you, Samuel Locke, warrior in my mind, surfer blood, and finally the house of foam, or, or just plain old house of foam, the flat five. So, what was the first flat five gig? Well, no, you mm. guys didn't really tell me, because you were in some dude's other band, right? It wasn't your band yet. Say, say, repeat that one more time. Well, the way you explained it, Scott, like you were in a band, some dude's band, and then Casey ended up in that band, and then you talked about this Beatle thing you went to when you were teenagers. Yeah. So you're not really flat fivers yet. No, we weren't. We, uh, you know, we were just uh, just getting to know one another musically you know, playing some shows and uh, sort of discovering all this music that we had in common. And uh, while that was going on, uh, Kelly Hogan and myself uh, were de uh, developing our own thing. And eventually uh, we added Nora O'Connor, who I had never met. Actually, the first time I ever sang with Nora O'Connor was on stage with Kelly. And I had never even met Nora. And uh, we discovered we had this three-part harmony thing um, just instantly. We just, everybody kind of knew where to go. And we were doing, um, we were doing some kind of, sort of some country gospel music. Um, we actually got, a, somehow we, we got an offer to open for the Five Blind Boys of Alabama <laughs> at the Hot House downtown uh, Chicago, which is no longer there. And um, so we decided to do the flip side of the coin. We thought we would do some some uh, some country gospel stuff, and we tried to do it um, without mentioning Jesus, which is difficult to do. But uh, <laughs> but uh, we did that for a little while, and then uh, uh, realized that that uh, that maybe you know the secular thing is probably where we belong. And uh, so we started doing. Uh, some shows as a trio, and then it just seemed like, hey, you know, in the meantime, I'd been, Casey and I had been developing a harmony thing of our own in a country and western band here in uh, in Chicago, and Casey just seemed like the obvious guy to to uh, to add to this trio. So now we had a we had a quartet uh, doing a lot of four part harmony, and uh, and eventually uh, Alex Hall wound up, wound up being our drummer. I think you know one of the first things that we did that wasn't officially a flat five gig uh but we did do a, a production of uh uh we did harry nielsen's the point at uh the old town school of folk music yeah and in some strange way that kind of ended up that sort of seemed like the sort somehow it seemed like the beginning of the flat five me and my we were, arrow yep yeah yeah well, we're at the end of the second hour November 11, 2020, Dishwap, Peter's special guest, Casey Scott, Flat Five. 
Old Time for Hour 3. November 11, 2020, it's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro Show.
Pedro Show started the third hour off with Girl of Virginia. Now, this is where I was born in Portsmouth. I lived in Norfolk. No smoke, no drink. Flat mm-hmm. five. Wasted space mm-hmm. after that with Crane and his lost tapes. Zero eight. Uh, that's a document of uh, year, uh, days of yore. Whatever the fuck that means. Him on run mm-hmm. from uh, Denmark with. Blood uh, Bog 3, because I've played the other two parts of the previous two uh, episodes. Dot Wigan Band. You guys know Dot Wigan, right? Sure. Shaggage, right? Sure. I guess it was yep. their, their pop's idea. The End of the World. The album was called Philosophy of the World, right? Her and her mm-hmm. sister. 
Uh, Suns featured Amber Weber with Death, and then Lewis Cole with Money, and I don't even care from the flat five. So, tell me about this record. It's the second one, right? Yeah, it's, yep. the se- it's the second collection of songs written by my older brother, Chris. That's, who, that's uh, an interesting concept where you you got an outside writer. Yeah. Well, his, you know, he, you know, I, you know we sort of just realized that, that, uh, that we could, you know, sort of expand upon what it is that he does, you know, I mean, things, Chris is just going to be writing these songs no matter what. And he's been writing for decades and he's, you know, he's a guy that doesn't perform a lot. Kind of like we were talking about before with Harry Nilsson, you know, he doesn't, um, he just, he does, he likes to write and he just really likes that process. And he has hundreds of songs and, um, you know, so we made the first album, I guess, four years ago, which came out right after that election. And then we got another one coming out right after this one. And uh, when we made that first record, you know, uh, after doing it, I, you know, we kind of had a feeling we had another volume in us of, of, of Chris Ligon's songs because yeah. there's just so many of them and they go back so many years. But he's also continually writing. So... And he generally, whenever he's written new songs, he just sort of sends them to me. So I'm kind of privy to all of that. And, uh, you know, uh, his his music is, uh, it's an interesting place. You know, it's un, it's an unusual place. And, uh, but it's been a great, it's been a great way for us to. Uh, well, well, speaking of elections, and he's yeah. got hundreds of tunes, what you guys vote on, which ones you're going to do? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's uh, it, it's the the process doesn't work any one way, but you know, uh, you know, we, we're all f- familiar with a lot of his tunes. So sometimes people will say, "I'd really like to sing this tune," or I, you know, on my own would, would might think, "Oh man, this would be a great one for Casey." You know, uh, mm-hmm. like look at look at the birdie was kind of like that, and actually some of the tunes on this new record. Uh, were songs that, uh, you know, a few of the members of the band had never even heard until we were actually in the studio uh, rehearsing it. And, uh, you know, I think Over and Out was a brand new arrangement yeah. um, that no one had even heard. And uh, I just sort of showed up that morning and was showing the chords to everybody. And, you know, a few hours later, we had a track. You ever hear about Tommy Flanagan uh, with Giant Steps? <laughs> John Coltrane gives him a piece of paper. Here's just some chords. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just solo over this. He said it took him like 13 years to get a solo that he could listen to. <laughs> but the one we all know is the first time, he, you know, Mr. Coltrane just gave him the paper. Right. <laughs> it's kind of trippy. Uh, I want to play Drip a Drop. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. 
Thank you.
with drip drop not drip drop people but drip drop then dance of the electromagnetic ZZZ a space event in time from High Maya that has uh, Alan uh, Ravenstein from uh, the original Perugu uh. first time I saw synthesizer without keyboard you know they don't have to be fake keyboards it can be their own trip just a box with knobs and shit Aaron Oppenheimer uh, Aaron Oppenheim not Oppenheimer he's the a bomb guy, shit. Yeah, right. Yeah. And th- with a tune called Third, wow, I paid Paper Teague again. Well, I remember touring with those guys. They're good, they're good cats. The guy, one of them grew up in Ohio, so he had no French accent. <laughs> yeah, and he sang like the Gang of Four guy. It was a trip. Right. Yeah. Uh, but then off the stage, he didn't talk like that. <laughs> Jaram Parker Wells, incredible bass man from St. Louis with Face is the Place. And then finally, (laughs) Butterflies Don't Bite from the Flat Five. That's right, they don't. And uh, So how how long did it take to make this record? Uh, Quicker than the first one. We we really set some time aside to, to make a dedicated effort to get this done quicker. And where? I think we started at the Wilco Loft. Oh, Chicago. yeah. Nels Klein uh, helps Mr. Tweedy. Yeah. Yes, he does. Yeah, um, and I'm very, I'm very grateful to him because Nels can, he kind of like subsidizes all his freakouts. <laughs> Thank God. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> yeah. I met him. He Subsidized was a bass. He was a bass man <laughs> for a, a East St. Louis band called Uncle Tupelo. And they yeah. wrote a tune called D. Boone that was really kind. Uh, but anyway, yeah. you guys moved. You didn't do the whole record there? Right. Uh, we continued at Reliable Studios, which is um, which is run by our drummer, Alex Hall. That's ah, his, okay. his studio. Did, was he, there a producer man involved? 
No, sir. So, well, self-produced. Self-produced, yeah. yeah. I like that idea. You know what I mean? Okay, engineer, a knob man, but then, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. You know the old joke, right? How many producers does it take to screw in a light bulb? I mean. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> right or you got i'm not gonna even say the guy's name but he's in the hallway on his fucking leash setting up the next deal it is the engineer doing everything yeah so this idea of the self-producer i, I like I, I try to encourage more band people to do this especially when shit's more econo and you can start practicing in your own pad yeah By well the way, also you know we we all play in different groups and so you know our, our time is really limited when we actually can get together and work, you know, Casey and I play with Terry Adams and, you know, we play in NRBQ and, uh, 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 uh Kelly Hogan tours with, uh, oh goodness, Nico case and, uh, her and Nora toured with iron and wine and with Jacob Dylan. Sam. And so, so we, you know, so, December so you only got so much time. So you're telling me, uh, like you said, you were just showing the chords. You don't make demos for these things. No, no, okay. because okay. I, you know, we have Chris's, you know, Chris records all of these songs on his own and, uh, you know, and he puts his own albums out, but, you know, on his own schedule and he has, you know, 20 albums or something like that. <laughs> and so we're just kind of going through all these old CDs and okay. some new and trying, trying to decide which tunes that we want to do. And, uh, but, you know, uh, I think we probably did, I think we did maybe three or four sessions at the loft and we got nine tracks out of that. And then we went back to Alex's studio and uh, did another three tracks over there. And the whole thing took about a year to do, although it was only about, yeah, I, I would say, at the yeah. most, it was it was 10 sessions at the most. Right, yeah. little, little deposits of time in between exactly. all your other work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where can people find you on the internet? Theflat5chicago.com oh, Say that again? I believe it's theflat5chicago.com Okay. Hear that, people? T H E F L A T F I V E C H I C A G O dot com, <laughs> right? Stick and onion. Look, I love talking with you guys. You do other musics and stuff. Why don't you come on and on the show and talk about that shit too? I would. I'd well, yeah, it, okay? absolutely. Bring Thank it, you. man. Uh, I love the spirit you got. You know, it don't sound like you're connecting dots or sleepwalking. Well, well, thank no. you, man. Because there's thank too you. much of that crap, right? Punching the clock. And, yeah, uh, you no, know this I mean? is we this all, is family. This is family music. Right, and how long do yeah, we have? You never know when your last gig is. That's right. Right. Not to get all weird. I mean, that Heidegger guy was a fucking Nazi, but he did say <laughs> maybe we should spend a little more time in uh, cemeteries. Yeah. <laughs> it was that Lenny Bruce record, right, where he's having a picnic. Uh, the Italians do that, they chow at the fucking graveyard. Anyway, thanks so much for being on. Uh, thanks for having Scott us, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Beautiful cats. People, it's been a November 11, 2020 dishwap pedo show. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>